Yesterday, we had an amazing experience with our affordable Christmas store. Uh, many of you, leading up to it, have prayed for it. You've been encouraging uh, to, to those of us who are leading it. You have donated money. You have dropped off gifts. You gave your time and energy. Uh, it was an unbelievable experience. Uh, we had 330 kids who were shopped for, um, and that was an unbelievable um, uh, experience the, the families that were able to come in and shop. And if this is your first time with us, maybe you don't know what the affordable store is. What we decided to do years ago was to move away from just doing charity, of just dropping a bag of gifts off somewhere and someone else coming and picking that up, not knowing what's in the bag. Uh, and then Christmas morning, they're finding out for themselves as well what their kids are, are opening. And we felt like there's got to be a more empowering way. And so we've set up this store, families come in and, and shop. And I wish, literally, we could stand here all morning and tell story after story of the families that we met. Uh, many of you who were personal shoppers, who wrapped, who did things like that, you have stories about the people who came, our neighbors who came and shopped, how thankful that they were. Uh, just one really, really quick story. Uh, I was standing in the lobby. We had kind of hit a point where most of our families had come through, and uh, a lady pulls up on the other side of the overhang. She sits in her car for a few moments, and then she walks in, and we kind of make eye contact, and she says, is this where you're having the, the store? And I say, yeah, this is, this is where it's at. I'm thinking she's going to come and, and shop. And she kind of has her hand in a, in a fist, and she kind of reaches out and says, well, I want to give this to you. And so she, you know, kind of discreetly gives me some money, and I, I take it, and I don't look at it. I'm just, oh, thank you very much. And I turn around, and I open it, and I realize it's a $100 bill but it was six $100 bills. And so I look at it and a, a lot of people are in the lobby and I just quickly like ran back outside uh, to, to talk to this lady and to hug her and to say thank you and, and just to say like, this is, this is going to help families. Like I immediately went and, and shopped and, and she just said, I don't know how she found out about it, but she said, I just felt God was wanting me to give this to the, to the store. And so I come back in and I'm telling the ladies and all of us are, you know, crying. And, and there were those moments throughout the day. And I even spoke to someone this morning who was a personal shopper who even in the moment talking to her, get, getting teary eyed. And it, it was an opportunity for us to be the church. And what was really interesting to me is we, we had over 100 volunteers uh, over this week. Uh, but yesterday as volunteers showed up, there are a lot of volunteers who were not a part of Trinity. Uh, they're from churches in West County. They're, they're from churches in Ferguson. Uh, they signed up to be a part of this. Uh, there were several uh, counselors, administrators from the Hazelwood School District. Uh, the, the media uh, director, uh, the, the guy who takes pictures for Hazelwood School District and his wife, they came and served alongside of us. There are people who I'm guessing wouldn't even claim to believe in, in God who were here with us and who are participating in what we believe God has called us to here in North County. Uh, a huge thank you to Melissa um, Fitzgerald, who, who helped lead this and direct it. Um, a thank you to her husband and kids who were without her for most of the week. Uh, my kids for, and my wife who are up here long hours uh, this week. But just, I'm still reflecting I'm still thinking about the, the moments that we, we had, and it's perfect leading us into what the theme is today as we look at the life of the world, and that is the church. Yeah. That is the church. 
I think one of the main purposes of the church is to live out God's kingdom here and now. The purpose of the church is to live out God's kingdom here and now. And when I say church, and hopefully most of you, if you've been around, you've heard me talk about this. Some of this will be fresh, hopefully. Some of this is going to be a reminder. Some of these I want to say over and over until we all really get it. This building that we're in is not the church. So work really hard when you use the language uh, that you're not going to church. We, we don't go to church. We are the church, uh, right? That The church in, in the, the original language was ecclesia, which means a congregation or assembly. We're the church. And so the, the church, the role of the church is to live out the ways of God here and now. Here and now. And that it's not just for us, but it is for the life of the world. Uh, so this series we, we've looked at, really the topic was, okay, what, God has saved us, right? If you've been around church, uh, you, you've heard that language, God has saved us, he's forgiven us, uh, he saved us from our sin and our guilt and our shame, he, he saves us from those things, but what if he wasn't just saving us from something, but he was really saving us for something? And so we, we've looked at that and we, we thought, well, what if it was for the life of the world, not just for us? Uh, what if it was for our community? What if it was for our neighbors? What if it was for way more than we could ever anticipate? See, in the original language, in the original scriptures, uh, there was a group of people who had hardened their hearts to God. God had come through over and over and over again. They finally had made it to the promised land, and once again, they're, they're going to be dispersed, and they're going to go into Babylon, and they're going to be captivated. They're going to be captives there. They're going to be in exile. They're not going to like it. They're going to be there for about 70 years, but while they're there, there's some instruction given to them. I want to read this to you. I've highlighted the last couple of weeks, but, but I want to read Jeremiah uh, to you. Jeremiah 29. It says this, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses and settle down, plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons. Gives your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also, seek the peace and the prosperity of the city to which I've carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it because if it prospers, you too will prosper. So we've looked at this. What, what does this look like um, tangibly? What would this look like for our families? Uh, what, whether you're single and you have extended family or you're married or divorced or if you have five kids or you have one kid, what would it look like for love, specifically in the family unit, to be for the life of the world? That, that our families actually are an opportunity to point to God's kingdom. What would it look like for creative service? Whatever you do with your hands, where, wherever you work, if you're a stay-at-home mom, if you're a business leader, if you're a construction worker, what, what is it for? What's the point of your work? Is it just to get rich? Is it just to take care of the needs you have? Or is it possibly also for other people? We've looked at justice and putting things back in order how God has wanted them. We've, we've looked at being wise and, and all the information we put into our mind. What would it look like to put into practice? Uh, last week, we just said, okay, what about wonder? What, what about finding awe in God's goodness? How does that transform us and change us? And if we understand God is good, how does that impact the people around us? And all of that kind of comes together in the church, in us. 
what would it look like if we believed that the church was for the life of the world? That, that if we were to seek the peace and the prosperity of North County, if we were to pray for St. Louis, like really the things we don't like and the, the areas that maybe are forgotten, like what would it look like to seek peace there or prosperity there? What would it look like instead of condemning or talking poorly about places and people? We prayed to God for it. Because when it goes well, it is going to go well for you and I also. And so if we're honest and we think about the church, I think people don't see the church like they used to. I think this is probably before my time and I didn't grow up in the church, but I hear stories. The church was kind of looked to for everything. Like when people had needs, when they needed community, the, the, the things that the people desired, they often looked to the church. And that was just maybe a cultural thing, but I don't think that's true anymore. I actually think that many people don't see a need for the church. Whether they've been hurt by it, they've seen it not live out the calling that God has put on the church. Others may wonder, what, what's the point of, of church? Why am I going to get up early on a Sunday morning to, to go to a, a service People are not necessarily interested in the church. But here's what's fascinating to me. People are interested in Jesus. Like Jesus has become popular over the years. Like even just over the last few years, as you, as you listen to musicians and movie stars, maybe they don't get the whole context of who Jesus is and his holiness. And maybe they're not in awe of him, but people talk well about him. Right? Even, even in, a, in, a, in a kind of tricky kind of way, the, the Jesus is my homeboy t-shirts that so many people wore just a few years ago, right? People were okay with Jesus, but people just necessarily didn't need the church. I read a quote this week. It said this, I don't mind the product, speaking of Jesus. I don't mind the product, but I just don't care too much for the retail outlets. It's interesting. That, that people see maybe we have something to offer and they don't necessarily feel like they need it or even want it. But Jesus, they're interested in, in Jesus. And so I think the church has a little bit of an image problem, right? And, and, and maybe that's our fault. Maybe it's not our fault. There are things that have happened. And so instead of bashing, I think, the church, instead of talking poorly about people who, who don't see a need for the church, we begin to ask the difficult questions, how do we change the image of the church? How do we begin to live in such a way where people are like, I don't know anything about God, I've never been to church, but, but there is something about those people. There's something about those people who care as much about their community as they care about what happens within their own walls. I, I gotta investigate that, I wanna know about that. And so we have to begin changing the image of the church. But, but usually what happens, and I talked about this week one as individuals, there's a couple of things that happen. One of those is we begin to kind of fortify ourselves. We just feel like we need to, to hold on and to protect what is good and right. And we don't concern ourselves or care as much about out there. We just, we have to fortify us. If it's not that, we feel like it's a fight. We, we've got to fight back. We've got to take back what is, is ours. We've got to take back what we think people are stealing from the church. And so it begins to be a battle or... We blend in. We, we don't really look any different than, than those who would claim to not know God, those who wouldn't call themselves Christians. And so that happens on an individual level, but it can also very easily happen as 
a church. And so, as I said, the, the church has an image problem, but, but really, I'm thankful to be a part of an ecclesia, a congregation, an assembly of people who are working hard to change the image of the church. That we really believe, and I'm going to say it, and I'm just going to believe that you believe it as well, that this is not a place for perfect people. Right? That, that, this is, that it's okay to not be okay here. Right? That this is a place where you can come and belong. I say that you can come and belong and doubt and struggle and not understand everything. That we really want to create a place like that. That we will celebrate diversity in every way possible. That this is who we want to be. And along with those things, that is a gift to the city. That is a gift, I believe, to our community. That I honestly believe, if, we, if people would just come, like yesterday, there, there were people who said, man, I just feel a, a sense of peace here. I still feel comfort as I talk to the people who are volunteering or serving. And the thought is, I, I want people to come. And if this is your first time, if you're just investigating who we are or who God is, that, that that's who we really want to be. But we don't want to just say it. Like that, that we actually want to live it out. And so we want to be a church that is with our community. Not just in it. We don't want to just exist here. A lot of churches started in the 50s or the 60s, and they're still in, the, they're in that community. People drive from outside to, to come to that church, but it's just there. It's just a building that's there. There's some churches, and we used this language for a while that was for the community, that, that we felt like we had something and we needed to get it to everything, everyone else, which a little bit of that is it's true, but really we want to be a church with our community, that they are our neighbors. They are all people created in the image of God, no matter how they live or what decisions they make or what they believe. We are going to be a church that is with our community. And so we have to be a presence in the places that we've been sent. So we come into this place and we are the church, but that presence of God that is here goes with you. It goes with you. It goes everywhere that you go. And, and, and knowing that, that there's something that sticks out to me, that when we begin to believe that and, and live like that, then people, I believe, will be drawn to Jesus. People who aren't anything like Jesus liked Jesus. I'll say that again. People who were nothing like Jesus liked Jesus. And Jesus liked those people who were nothing like him. If you read the Gospels, the people that kind of butted heads with Jesus that he had problems with were the religious leaders, the people who had it all together, the people who believed they had it all together, the people who had their hands tightly on grace, right? But the people who were longing for something more, who needed something, man, they were drawn to Jesus. And Jesus went out looking for those people. Well, spent a lot of time, but, but Jesus invited people to follow him. Uh, Matthew, we, we read the, the gospel of Matthew. Matthew was a tax collector. We've talked, we've talked a lot about tax collectors. You had sinners and then like you had tax collectors. They, the sinners didn't even want to be uh, 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 with the, the tax collectors. They were like, we're, we might be bad, but we're not as bad as those people. And so you had Matthew who was in that category and Jesus walks up to him and says, hey, I want you to come follow me. Like culturally, people have been like, what is going on? Jesus is coming as a rabbi. Jesus is teaching people. Everyone wants to follow him. And he's going to go call that guy? And Matthew walks away from everything. 
Matthew likes the idea that Jesus liked him. And so I really believe, I believe the church is at a great place right now. I think we have a massive opportunity to give the church a new image. And I think we can learn a lot from the very first church. We're going to go into Acts 2, uh, 42 through 47. Acts 2, 42 through 47. Uh, There's a guy named Peter. Uh, Peter has preached. Uh, He hasn't held back. He's basically called out people. Uh, He's saying, here's your struggles. Here's what's been going on. Uh, Here's the grace of God. Uh, And 3,000 people in that moment convert or become followers of Jesus. 3,000 people. And then it says, they. So Acts 2, verse 42, it says, they devoted themselves. So just think about this. These are new Christians. These are people who necessarily don't know a lot about Jesus. They just know about Jesus' grace. Right? This is important. We can get caught up in a lot of doctrine, which that's not bad. Doctrine meaning the, the teachings of the church, the teachings of the scriptures. But for these people, it was about Jesus and it was about his grace. That, that's what they were meeting for. That's why they are converting. That's why they had started following Jesus. And, and this is what they did. I'm going to read it and then we're going to go back and I'll pull some things out. It says this. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. I want to pull just a couple things out. Verse 42. Here in verse 42, it says they've devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. What they're doing is they're cultivating growth. Healthy things grow. Healthy things grow. And so they understood that if we are going to be Jesus followers, then we have to grow. We have to understand more what it means to look like Jesus. And so they devoted themselves. Uh, Some translations say they continually devoted themselves to it. They were steadfastly attentive to the teachings of the apostles. Now, what is that? What, What is the teaching of the apostles? Well, it's the teachings of Jesus. So these apostles, these disciples, everything they're communicating to these 3,000 people are what they had heard from Jesus. They are preaching Jesus. They are preaching Jesus and the grace of God. And they devoted themselves to that. And they were devoting themselves to what does that look like to be lived out in community. But it wasn't just something they did every once in a while. It wasn't just something that they came together on Sundays and let someone else do for them. They committed themselves to it. Uh, disciples uh, during this time, they, they would find a rabbi. So they'd find a Jewish leader who had uh, went through the schooling that they needed, who were really good in the scriptures. They knew the script- scriptures and they could teach them. And so these people who also made it through school would say, I want to follow that rabbi. I want to be his disciple. And so you would literally follow the rabbi everywhere that he went. And there was a saying that at the end of the day that you should be covered in the dust of your rabbi. That there is nowhere that your rabbi, your teacher goes that you're not with him. I I think of this as a parent of young children. Uh, It's hard to escape your kids, right? It seems like on the phone, 
in the shower, in the bathroom. You haven't seen your kids all day and then they're there, right? They're always around. As a rabbi and a disciple, the disciples would have always been with him. So these 12 disciples, these apostles, were always with Jesus. They were always watching how Jesus interacted. They failed often. They missed it often. But, but when they got it, when the Holy Spirit was in them, they began to teach. And this is what the, the early Christians were devoted to. They were devoted to the teachings of Jesus. And then they begin to look more and more like Jesus. And so here's just a, a kind of a simple question, but maybe it's going to take you a little bit of time to think about. I don't know how long you've been a follower of Jesus, and some of you aren't, I know that. Some of you are just here, you're, you're, you're thinking about it, you've come with someone else. But if you're a follower of Jesus, do you look more like Jesus now than you did when you first became a Christian? Do you look more like Jesus now than you did a year ago, five years ago? See, because I think what can often happen for us in the church and as Christians, it becomes stagnant. We just kind of become stagnant. Yeah, I've heard that before. I've read that scripture before. Our hearts become kind of hard, and, and we begin to look less and less like Jesus. And so I think if we're going to look like Jesus, we have to be devoted to the teachings of Jesus. And so do you have a plan of what that looks like? What, what would it look like for you to cultivate growth in your life? What would it look like for you to start a small group? What would it look like for you to join with some people and read scriptures? Like you don't have to wait for the, the church, the, the uh, organization, the office, pastors to do that for you. This is the beautiful thing. You have access to God's word. And you can join with other people and you can read and discuss and you can pray. This is what they were doing. They were devoting themselves to the teachings of Jesus. And then they devoted themselves to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. They devoted themselves to the teachings of Jesus and then they devoted themselves to one another. The church wasn't something they just looked at where they just drop in and leave that they literally saw the community as their family, that, that this was what they were devoted to. They made it a priority to connect with God and to connect with one another. I know things come up. I know, I know there's sports that people play, and I know there's trips and camping. And, and as I've said before, uh, God's presence is always with you no matter where you go. But, but I also think there's something to this. Like, I think there's something about standing together and, and recognizing who God is. That I think there's something about coming in and hugging one another and greeting one another and asking how people are doing. Like, this has been a long week for me. Uh, 12 hour days. Yesterday was a long day. My wife works a 12 hour shift today. Sundays are kind of chaotic. I have my two, two children. But even in the midst of all that, I was like, I just can't wait to be together. I don't know if that's it for you. I don't, I don't know if you're at that point. But I hope, I hope that when you miss Sundays, you think, I can't wait to get back next week. Because there's something that happens at the church, in the church. There are possibilities, and it's more than just small talk. I want to give you a really quick visual. Uh, I, I hope this will, will go well. Louis and, Louis, go ahead and come up. I, I have a couple of guys who are going to come up first. Louis and Brandon, I want these two guys to come up first. 
mainly because I just want to look good with these two, uh, two guys. Uh, um, I do look small. I mean, we're about the same size, uh, but so you, you may not know these guys, um, but Louie and Brandon, you, you see their strength, you see their size, but both of these guys are maybe two of the most gentle guys I've ever met in my life. So kind, right? At least to me, at least to me. Unless they, yeah, unless they don't need to be or need to be something else. But, but here, here's what I was thinking. You, you have this picture of strength, right? And, and maybe even this idea of, of having it together. And, and so I was going to call a few people. My daughter's going to come help me. And then Julie, would you come help me, Julie? Uh, Gina, I was going to have Gina come help me, right? So I'm going to stand in the middle. So Kennedy, if you stand there and, and Julie's going to come up. Go ahead, come on up. Ashley, will you come up too? So stand back here, Ashley. I'm going to hide you, but that's okay. Story of my life. Yeah. <laughs> All people are welcome. Um, so, but honestly, this is, this is a picture of kind of the church, right? There's this diversity that we're all extremely different. Like we all have different backgrounds. We have different, maybe even beliefs in a way, but, but this is a picture of the church. And so if you guys squeeze in just a little bit, there are times where life is not good for me, right? There are times where I need someone else to bear my burdens. There are times where my faith is small and there are times where the church surrounds me and begins to take care of me. And then there's times where life is good for me and maybe life isn't good for Brandon. And Brandon comes into the middle and we bear Brandon's burdens. We care for Brandon. If there's needs that Brandon has, we, we meet those needs. And then there's times where Brandon's good and, and Kennedy has some issues and she's a middle schooler and there's other people who are going to come in and care for her and love her, right? This is a picture of the, the church. The church isn't single people who just exist alongside of one another, but the church is devoted to this fellowship that says, I'm, I'm for you. I'm with you. I'll take care of you when I can. I'll pray for you and I'll love you. In the midst of diversity, in the midst of living different lives and different backgrounds, we are one and we're one because of one thing, and that is because of Jesus and Jesus's grace. All right, you guys go ahead and sit down. Thank you. Right? And so, I don't know if that's how you view the church. I don't know if the church for you has just always kind of been a building you go to. I don't know if the church has been something your parents drug you to. But the church is an opportunity to care for one another, to love one another, to serve each other, to carry those burdens that every person up here has something to offer. Right? That is important that every one of you have something to offer to this group. Right? You have gifts and talents, your presence. You have something to offer. And so I think about this. What, what do others do when things get difficult? When you've lost someone? When marriage is struggling? Right? I want to create a place. I want us to create a place where there is this authenticity where Louis doesn't have to pretend like everything is good, right? That we don't have to wear masks when we walk into this place and Louis can say, look, I need to step into the middle of the circle 
and I need some people who, who care for me and, and help me get through this difficult time. I'm not sure where other people find that, but, but this group of people, the early church, these 3,000 people said, man, I'm going to be devoted to the teachings of Jesus, and I'm devoted to the rest of you. You are a priority to me. And then verse 43, it says that people are full of awe and wonder, that miracles are happening in the presence of one another, that they saw healing and they saw hope and they saw addictions broken and there was something moving in the midst of these people and people were in awe and wonder. And and this is one of the things I believe about the church and I wish I had more time uh, to to talk about this, this scripture, but you maybe want to go back and look at it later, but Luke 5, 17, there's a man who's paralyzed. And there's a few buddies of this paralyzed guy who knows about Jesus. And so they literally carry this paralyzed guy. And there's no room, and so they can't get inside. And so instead of turning around and thinking, well, we did all we could do, they carry him up on a roof. And they literally tear a hole in the roof where Jesus is. And they lower this paralyzed man down to Jesus. And the scripture says that the man has been forgiven of his sins because of their faith. If you go read this in in Luke 5, it is their faith that heals the man, not just the paralyzed guy. And so I think there's times where some of you have really little faith, really little faith. Instead of giving up, be honest to someone and say, do you have faith right now? Because I have little. Will you help carry me through this time? And I think God brings healing and hope often through the faith of another. All believers were together. They had everything in common. Not that everyone looked the same. Not that everyone had the same background. But the thing they had in common, as I said a minute ago, was Jesus. That's, that's what it was. But that's what I think is a beautiful thing about the church. Uh, different backgrounds and diversity, blue collar, white collar, maybe you have a GED, maybe you have your doctorate degree. Uh, Economics are all different. I don't know many other places where people gather together on a weekly basis where there are so many different types of people. But, But they come together for one reason, and that is the reason that they had everything in common. They were together, and then it says that they sold their stuff to take care of one another that they decided to live in a way that it wasn't just about them, that they were willing to go without so someone else would have what they need. And this is where I believe you are beautiful people when it comes to that. That this church, I have no doubt in my mind, we have helped so many people. That some of you have made decisions at some point to go without so someone else may have something that they need. I hear the stories. And, and there's a lot of things that I, I don't hear. There was a group in California when I was a pastor out there. Uh, nobody knew who they were, not even the lead pastors. A church of about 2,500. And there was a small group of people who would just do these random acts of kindness. So we had my, my baby girl um, 12 years ago. We come home from the hospital, no family. And we come home and on our porch are several hundred diapers and wipes and food. And we have no idea who it was. Nobody, And you would hear these stories of just these random blessings and these random acts of kindness. And literally, I don't know how people can't keep secrets normally, especially in the church, unfortunately. But uh, they, man, they did. Nobody knew who it was. But they were choosing to live a generous life 
with one another, right? And so I, I, I apologize if you've ever believed that our generosity was only for the people outside of this space, right? We, we do care for our community, but, but if you've ever felt like we've cared for our community more than we care for you, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, because that's not true. That, that we care for one another, that when you suffer, we, we all suffer as long as we know. As long as we know. And so I want you to be at a place where you begin to rub shoulders with people and you begin to build relationships and you know that there's others who care for you because they took care of one another. They continued to meet, they had meals together and they're praising God, they're enjoying the favor or the grace of one another. Man, that, that is good. They, they enjoyed the grace of one another. It's this idea that they would come together and that they would be filled up, but they weren't filled up just to stay there. They were filled up to then go out, right? That they were empowered then to go and do something. They're praising God and church, the church is added to daily. Man, th- this is what the early church did and it worked. Right? There wasn't a special formula. There wasn't a certain program. They were just devoted to God and they were devoted to one another. And what's interesting is everyone else wanted to be a part of it. They, they saw that it was real and that it was authentic, that they were trying to live out the, the ways of Jesus. So you might think, okay, this is Advent and, and this is interesting that you know, normally we would start a new series today. I feel like this is a perfect series, uh, a way to end the series to send us into Advent. Because Christmas is about Jesus coming and him being the hope of the world. But I don't know if you know this, Jesus leaves. Jesus leaves. Jesus is, is crucified, he is buried, and he comes back. But then he leaves and he gives instruction to the church. And he even says things like, you're going to do far more than I have done, right? My, my, my spirit is going to be with you. Now you go and make disciples. You are now going to be the light of the world. And that message was for you and me. And so Jesus comes and we experience hope like nothing else. And then the church says that it is our mission to take that into the places of the world. So as I think about the people I just brought up and even in the picture of where they're sitting right now, the presence of God is with them right there. The church is with them right there. And so when they go into the workplace, when you go into your neighborhood, the church is there. I hope that makes sense, that God's presence is with you in every conversation you have, every person that you work with, the people who check you out at the grocery store. God's presence is in you and the people in this room are behind you that we are together, that we are devoted to one another. And so you have a massive opportunity, a massive opportunity to come in every week to be encouraged, to be challenged, to be supported, and then to go, to be sent. That this place is not just for us, but it is for the life of the world. The hope and the grace that you experience, we should want others to experience. And it doesn't mean that they have to come into this place. They just have to be in relationship with someone else who is carrying the grace of God with them. And that is you. 
And so I pray during this season, as everything begins to be chaotic, that, that you are praying for our community, that you're praying for your neighbors, the people that you work with, those who have never experienced maybe God's grace, that they have a picture of what the church looks like. What if this season was different for them because of you? And not because you're good or not because of anything about you, but because God's presence is with you. So what if, what if you begin praying for someone who would just invite on Sundays, but, but specifically maybe Christmas Eve, people will come to a service on Christmas Eve when maybe they normally wouldn't. And so we're going to give two opportunities like we have last year at three and six on Christmas Eve. Maybe you begin thinking, who could I invite? Who in my family? Which one of my friends? My coworker? I hear them talk. I know what they're going through. What if I just said, look, I'm a part of a church where you can come and belong, that we're not perfect people, that we're not all okay and it's okay, that we want to be devoted to one another and we'd love for you to come and to be a part of that. Well, Greg's going to come up and close us with our, our song. And I hope every time we sing this, um, that this is our prayer. This is what we're committed to. I, I, I pray every week and I read and I study and I, and I feel like I just kind of throw it out to you. Um, but, but really, my, my goal is never information but transformation. That even for myself, um, I, I want this to transform transform who I am, who my family is. And so as we sing this, it's this declaration of everything that I've just said, that God, this is what I want for my life. So would you stand, I'll pray, and we'll sing. God, I'm so thankful that 22 years ago, I stepped into a church really for the first time. And there was a group of people who loved me that Lord, you put those people in my life for a purpose for a reason and Lord I know for them they believed all this that they were carrying hope with them and they brought hope into my life and so Lord I've not grown up in the church but I'm thankful for these last 22 years to be a part of an assembly of people a group of people who want to take this seriously Lord would you use us Lord I pray that we would grow in number and I pray that we would grow in number because every number is a person who experiences your grace and love. I pray for us as we go into the marketplace, as we go to our jobs, as we go back into our houses, on our streets, in our neighborhoods. Lord, everywhere we go, would you remind us that you are with us, that we have an opportunity to speak words of life. And then, Father, I pray for the people who are a part of this church community. I pray they would know that they don't have to have it all together. Would you help each one of us to be people who will listen, who will care, who will have empathy towards one another, that we will carry one another's burdens. Lord, would you use us? Would you help us not to be selfish with your grace? Would you help us to see that you've saved us from things, but you are saving us for something as well? And God, we will be very careful to give you all the glory. Praise in Jesus' name.